Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. We're going to call this one a remix because we recorded a whole episode. Ep, 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 episode. And uh, my track, solid. Holly's track, banging. Jason's track, gone. Too dope for the streets. Y'all don't That's deserve right, the it. The lost episode. Y'all don't deserve it. It was so. But we have There's had so obviously longtime listeners who uh, are people with um, endurance ratings of ninety nine are aware that we have had all manner of audio difficulty during the um, 30, 39,000 years of recording this podcast. We have had entire episodes that that just didn't get recorded. We've had an episode that was nothing but um, Ryan and I talking to an invisible moon man. Um, well, we just did the opposite. It was Holly and Spencer recording uh, comedic genius with dead air from me. And luckily, we caught it, so we can and try we and sort of summarize how... what happened. Uh, we can't even make a joke about how it was an improvement because you're the only good one on this podcast. Well, that's far fetched. It is not, but but not the only great one. That's there, there. Uh... So we're gonna try. Why, and... why do we pretend that anyone but Jason is interesting on this show? We should make a we should make a flip a promo saying the shutdown full cast. <sighs> <laughs> so anyway, here is um, us trying to remember things we just said that there's this is not what a happens when we're... actually I guess the funny thing is that this would have happened even if Ryan had been here, and yet Ryan leaving creates chaos. No, you know what? Ryan not being here is disrespect, and that allows me to pivot to our first topic, which is the rivalry this weekend played under a cloud, a literal storm cloud of disrespect. Is lightning the most disrespectful of meteorological phenomenon? Probably, because it's what's no, slowed hail. down. Hail, hail is God spitting sunflower seeds at you out of his tree stand. Dang. But lightning's the damn fast. Lightning's yeah. like, whap, fuck you. Lightning is like getting flicked on the ear by God, but hail is just so repetitive. I would, uh, you know, either way, they got both. And that's that's why Michigan-Michigan State is special. It's also special because only Michigan-Michigan State can have an entire scandal that really boils down to manners. Most things, that, most teams, it's a fight. Right? Like a potentially injurious fight. Breaking out between players who are already armored. But Michigan, Michigan State, as you might guess from two such rugged teams in the Big Ten, it's about your fifis. And etiquette, dang it. Because here's what happened. C3PO ass coach. <laughs> um I mean, come on. The number of the number of times. No, I'm sorry. If you're going to accuse a coach of standing there and smiling. Noted smiling enthusiast Mark D'Antonio better be pretty far down on your list. The scandal, in short, before the game, there were there was a brouhaha, there was a tiff, there were some. That's that's I even should... that's generous. It was just like some people were standing in one area, and, mm-hmm. and then someone else wanted to stand there. Someone else wanted to yeah. walk past. This is all like HOA dog park. Picayune, Penny Annie shit, and we are here for it. Yeah, this is one of the things that makes this rivalry so delightful, along with the occasional, you know, furniture arson and vandalism that goes with this. Remember, Michigan fans, my favorite thing, you come down to our level for this. 
our, by our, I mean us, the vulgar barbarians who, you know, do these kind of things on the reg for college football. Only Michigan State makes you deface statues, classical statues at that, right? And then make snarky comments on message boards like, the Spartans lived in filth. How could it be a word for clean and spare? Is this cat purring picking up on the mic? I hope so. That would that would mean this at least the, something this is, is for once. This is the quiet cat. Is the deep irony? It's not the loud one. So, in this game, before the game, there was yes some bumping. There was some kicking of a logo by Devin Bush. She's purring because cats love pettiness. That's right, and cats absolutely love Michigan, Michigan State, um, because you know it's petty extremely trifling this game before the game this happened then michigan went on to a 21-7 win where uh they ran the ball played great defense and it sort of felt like a soccer game i didn't say this the first time around but when they scored that third touchdown i was like 3-1 no way east lansing united's coming back from this none simple 3-1 game they can protect that lead park the bus harbaugh they are setting stuff on fire in the crowd though that is yeah. that is the soccer thing that's happening. Oh my god, this is really a soccer rivalry, isn't it? It, it kind of is. I mean, it's all about like um, having the prettiest grass and damaging the other side's grass if they don't, if you yeah. don't like their grass. And sometimes slow, negative styles of play. <laughs> Martantonio, hey, listen, we're just playing for PKs. That's all we're doing. Just trying to draw a red card. That's all. So you had, after Michigan won, you had um, Jim Harbaugh calling Mark D'Antonio Bush League, which is a very 1950s Big Ten insult, for smiling while the Spartans walked, allegedly clotheslined a Wolverine, which is a little extreme, probably. More like, more like a bump. Um, and then you had D'Antonio responding with, that's BS, which is equally 1950s Big Ten. The guff of that fella. Yeah, come on, D'Antonio, cuss. Yeah, don't give, ma- us, give us some quality old man cusses and call that man a bum. I drove my way all the way to East Lansing to sit here with this notepad, and I'm not writing down an acronym. Say bullshit. Do it. Do it. Lay it out there like you're coaching in the Big 12, all right? Like, we know you want to. It's not like we're encouraging, I don't know. I was trying to think of, like, a sweet nice-tempered coach, but I don't think... You know, it's not like we're encouraging Bill Snyder to call somebody a motherfucker, although I'm sure he has. You know, come on. Once, but he meant it. You you want to cuss, Mark? Cuss! Yeah, that's BS. Come on, man. That's That, that to me, proves this rivalry is strictly about etiquette. Because you didn't say bullshit. You didn't want to punch that man. That's why I mentioned You didn't want to fight. Exactly. That's it. Harbaugh probably would have said bullshit. He probably did. I probably just cut it out. I, I think Harbaugh goes for like horse hockey. <laughs> the milk of profanities, right? But at least that's a word he cares about. To him, it means a lot. And that's what matters most. I, I think after the key is after the game, you had um, Michigan fans who in victory proved themselves to be as MS Paint Zaprudery as they have been in defeat in the past. Um, they broke out from every angle you can fathom, every piece of footage available to show that, indeed, Mark D'Antonio was smiling 
as his boys walked instead of walking differently. Aha! Got him! Got his ass! Now who's BS? Bush. Are they trying to say the spot was good? That was the last time I checked in with, like, the Michigan Zapruder cult. Was good. They were saying the spot was bad. And, and this time they were saying the spot on his face was bad. Mm. Mm. I do enjoy this little, like, sort of mock fight that happened in Michigan, Michigan State. And we're like, oh, man, college football is so petty. And on the same night, Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul actually threw down the middle of a basketball arena floor. <laughs> like, with some proper punching and somebody flying in from nowhere. Melvin Ingram, like Ingram, all the way from Kingston, North Carolina. Even has a wrestling like name and town. It's beautiful. Anyway, they won. And that's not the most interesting thing that happened in the Big Ten. No, 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 no. They're over there having a, a, an etiquette brawl. You're talking about Northwestern well, trying to lose their records, right? A 18-15 win for my Northwestern Wildcats, sir. As a Medill grad... I ask that you be factual. Just wanted to mention that no. before we got to the uh, to the main event. Yeah, no, no, the main event where I yeah, you know, you thought it was a nobody walking in the ring from parts unknown. The Purdue Boilermakers. <laughs> Where's Lafayette? Indistinguishable from parts unknown. <laughs> from parts unknown, the masked man. Uh-huh. Purdue Pete, literally the masked man, right with the haunting eyes. Where My does God, he come he's got from? a hammer. He's got a no. He's, this is this is checking out, man. <laughs> he's got a big drum. Then Brutus the Beefcake Buckeye <laughs> rolling in, fat and happy with that title belt. And then, oh my God, King! Oh God, his big fat head stuck in the turnbuckle. <laughs> Purdue Pete bringing them hammers. Oh my God! Not even the edgy close upset that you might have thought it should have been say in the second quarter when did you know this was trouble right that's what i want to know like when you were watching this jason uh which you you did like i did um when did you know that this was um authentic risk and danger for ohio state i think most people suspected coming in just looking at the trajectories of the two teams ohio state can't play defense purdue very easily could have been undefeated coming in uh and they do a lot of chicken <laughs> stuff on offense and once they got a touchdown or two on the board it you know it, it seemed like the mood very quickly you know turned in, into like P- purdue could do this for real you know yeah I, I knew it was over when their quarterback was jawing with the defensive end after a scramble and he threw the ball away when they were talking to each other. And I thought, what's an Ohio state defender doing talking to the quarterback at Purdue quarterbacks at Purdue are either drew Brees or they transfer to the sec and sit on the bench in two years. That's what Purdue quarterbacks do. You shouldn't acknowledge them. The lion doth not speak to the sheep, but that's what he did. And then I thought you're referring of course to David blow motherfucker blow. Ohio State could contain David Blau, which Blau! is kind of an issue because there have been more than a few David Blaus. Although David Blau is the only quarterback to put up serious numbers on Ohio State this year and also join the defense to celebrate a pick six, thus getting him an unsportsmanlike penalty. But 
I insist if you're pulling unsportsmanlike penalties and blowouts, good. That's a sign you're a great teammate and that you're confident. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'm a Florida fan, obviously. (laughs) Up by 27, punt the ball in the stands. Why? Because you can. Uh, um, So Ohio State is kind of bad at a lot of stuff. They can't run the mm-hmm. ball. They The only two teams they've run the ball successfully on all year were Oregon State and Rutgers, the two worst teams in all the Power Five. They can't play defense. Um, they've given up, what, like, how many teams have they given up their best best yardage day all year? It's it's several, including Minnesota, which just got its ass waxed by uh, Nebraska on Scott Frost Day. Best Scott Frost Day ever. Yeah, I mean, there have been several, but... For Nebraska to finally win on Scott Frost Day, it's momentous. It was a great Scott Frost Day. But not for Ohio State. No, no, no. For Ohio State, keep in mind, this is every every team so far this year has had like their best game offensively versus Ohio State's defense, right? Like this started early. This joke, this joke had legs, and now it's got like multiple legs it's a spider of a joke is uh-huh. what we're saying because um this deep into the season i have to say ohio state's defense finally improved because this was not purdue's best game no 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 purdue had more yard purdue had more yardage against illinois and missouri those are those are your compatriots ohio state more yardage and yards per play comparable to missouri and Illinois, which Mizzou, Illinois sounds like the worst like Advocare Bowl ever. They have a basketball rivalry based around the St. Louis Arch, I believe, mm. which barely relates to either town. Um, our nation's our nation's most pointless landmark. <laughs> it goes up, and then it comes back down. What can it you see? Like a terrible what punt. Yeah, what can you see from up there? Uh, Missouri? <laughs> yep. So glad we built that. <laughs> There's all the Missouri. That's where we put it. That's where we put it. Yeah. So that's... You slowed Purdue down a little bit, Ohio State. Good job. You can't defend a basic high school trap running play. <laughs> Sitting there cackling. You're like... You're like, they're running the play so simple, I don't run it in NCAA 2014 on my old Xbox. Jeff Brom with all his trickery. He's got that Bobby Petrino pro-style offense, and then he put all those trick plays into it. Like, run two. Run two with the jet sweep fake. No one's ever seen that unless they attended a high school game last week. (laughs) Greg Schiano, as we have been... As we have mentioned several times over the past days, weeks, months, years on this program, Greg Schiano, his output is, it's bad. He's getting paid a lot of money and the product is bad. And I, I know there's a lot of justified, I mean, even before the season started, there's a lot of justified um, calls for Urban Meyer to make certain make certain life changes such as stop coaching Ohio State, but Greg Schiano as well. That guy's got to be uh, on the on the list of people who should consider doing something else with their life at, at this point, I think. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, money, 
Greg Schiano was paid to coach this defense. $1.5 million a year. 49 points to Purdue, 55 points to Iowa, and we ain't done yet. No, no, no. They, they got to play Nebraska. I'm dead serious. Because <laughs> you know who's got, you know who held Purdue to fewer yards than Ohio State and a better yards for play average and fewer points? Um, yeah, that would be Nebraska. Dear God. That'd be Nebraska, who finally figured a couple things out. I don't know. I'm not betting against improving teams, right? Because guess what an improving team did this past weekend? It buried the number two team in the nation. That's why I hate polls. Because, yeah, they were the number two team in the nation. They were 6-0 and coming into this. That's why I hate polls, because I walk into them. That's right. Like Ohio State walked right into them. You know what Greg Shiano would do if he ran into a pole? It'd be like, somebody needs to put that pole somewhere else because this is where I walk. I think that's what, that's what uh, Michigan State would do. <laughs> yeah, no, they would go, the effrontery of this pole. <laughs> this pole How dare BS. this pole have this the gall? This is BS. It's like the, I'm the call the... my friend Gary at the bowling alley. We'll see if I can borrow his jackhammer. Come over here and give that pole a what for. The Subway Architecture Rivalry. <laughs> As opposed to the Subway Rivalry, which is Purdue-Ohio State. It's probably where Ohio State had to eat, because you know what's next to that stadium in West Lafayette? Not much, man. Yeah, they don't, they don't have a Papa John's, so. Think about that. I want you to just put that on. Let it wash over you, right? You lose at Purdue. You leave the stadium at Purdue. Famously described by Jim Harbaugh as having the x-ray machine from, like, the Spanish Inquisition <laughs> as its medical equipment in the visiting they locker room. They literally cut you open to see if the bone's broken or not. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Malvolio says, you look great. They have, like, they have a witch. They ask yeah. her if the bone is broken or not. You have a fever right here of the milial variety. I prescribe bleeding. Yeah, that's... You, you leave West Lafayette, and you walk out, and you've just lost to Purdue, and guess where you are? You're in West Lafayette, in West Indiana, Lafayette, at like 11.30 p.m. <laughs> Your body hurts, and the only place you can eat is an American deli that's been open for 14 hours. Ugh. <laughs> it's a bad spot, is what I'm saying. It ain't good. By design. <laughs> By that, that was kind of the... <laughs> that was like the story of Saturday. I thought like there was, you know, the the early games, Michigan, Michigan State was great and awful. Mostly great. Well, mostly awful. I'm, it, it was it was one of the two. And then the middle slate was eh, other than like Butch Jones getting ironically Gatorade doused by Bama players. That, that was good. Mm -hmm. But the night was sort of a bookend to the morning and the preceding night where Pullman, Washington finally got college game day. Great moment. Amazing crowd. Um, the, the flags everywhere, game day hosts, really, it seemed like they couldn't believe what they were seeing. And then we go from that to Washington State gets the win, best day in Pullman history. Purdue gets the win, best day in West Lafayette in decades. It was it was like the small town, the random small town uprising. Yeah, it's like I, town, I have, towns, have, no one would ever really intentionally visit unless it was for a college football game. Yeah, except for you know, except for like a place like you know Starkville, 
where well, game day went before. I would just like to point out game day went to Starfield before they went to Pullman, <laughs> which is, if you've been to Starkville, frankly, amazing. One last statistical nugget here on the yards per play tip. I'm just going to list the five teams surrounding maybe six. We'll go six. The six teams that are in the same tier of yards per play. Yards per play, it's not a perfect step, but it's a good indicator of, you know, it's a strong indicator of what you're giving up defensively, right? Sure. I'm going to list the following teams. Pittsburgh, Texas Tech, New Mexico. Are they all better yards per play than Ohio State or worse? Oh, God. Texas, I note, I said, well, Texas, Texas Tech, Tech is okay at defense this year. Pitt so, and New Mexico. Jesus, I, I guess I have to say better. All three are better. Good God Almighty! They are they are respectively 88th, 89th, and 89th, 88th, 89th, and tied for 89th. One Ohio State five million dollars per year. Mm-hmm. Ohio State is 91st. Do you want to know who is? This, this is the most damning thing. The two teams that are immediately behind them, all right, and not by much. I mean, uh, like, one, in one case, one one-hundredth of a yard, and in another case, three one-hundredths of a yard. Basically the same, okay? Statistically, just an aberration that you could call them anything but the same, all right? Uh, Arkansas and Rutgers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Arkansas Holy and Rutgers. Are, yeah. Yeah. Well, Arkansas at least Ohio State Rutgers. has played a super tough schedule, as their fans told me for like the first month of the season since Bama played a normal schedule, and they thought theirs was super tough. Like they played Oregon State, they played Rutgers, three and four TCU, Indiana, Tulane. Those are all really good teams that Ohio State's played, right? So that probably mm, excuses just... that. Oh yeah, yeah, about that. Oh, about about that. Yeah, like I said. Ride the lightning with me. Two weeks. Put some money on Nebraska, y'all. To cover. To cover. I don't know. Maybe to win. Hell. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I'll talk myself into this. <laughs> S&P Plus would give you about 15 points on a neutral field. Yeah, I think, I think you can yeah, work did. with that. <laughs> what, makes, what makes anyone think they're going to stop it? <laughs> what Purdue Purdue was running up and down the field on you Bro, brother <laughs> you lost you lost to the you lost to Pete from parts unknown with the hammer <laughs> he might just slide back in in the middle of that match oh he's got Herbie Husker pinned oh here comes the man from the Raptors <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, Ohio State sucks. Yeah, and yeah, Meyer's done. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any way that recovers. And I don't, and I haven't thought there's any way that recovers because, you know, that's like that's a local stink, first, right? Like we have like a national picture in college football, which is always kind of erratic, and our attention is pulled away, like you know that of an ADHD afflicted toddler just looking left and right and going, ah, it's so much sugar. Look at this. Talk about Michigan, Michigan State. Ah, don't look at Michigan for a couple of weeks. Go over here, look at this. We kind of forget that Ohio State, like, they got to live with that. The entire aftermath of that scandal, 
ugly as hell. People don't trust each other anymore. How can you, like, it's just not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same when you suspend your coach. Because typically, if you want to know what people in, a, in power at an institution are saying, just invert what they just said. Whenever Meyer said, yeah, it's no distraction that I'm not there. Everyone's fine. This program, football program's just going to get back down to business. Guess what? That's not what they did. Because uh, they just lost to Purdue. And they've looked shaky all season. And that matters. It adds up. I just think organizationally, like, having difficulty replacing coaches, which has never happened to Urban Meyer before. Yeah. And yes, his mentor was Lou Holtz. Is there there a pattern here? Because you know there's like five or six people in the history of college football who have ever had a consistent ability to maintain quality across multiple decades long term. If somebody's good for 10 years, that's crazy. In this at one day and place. Age, at one place, that's astonishing. Whereas, there's more than a few people who can just roll in and, you know, set up the tent, have a hula balloon, get out before the cops come. Yeah, the uh, the Holtz-Meyer model is sort of start a franchise and set a bomb off in it while you start another one elsewhere. Burn it for the insurance money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Tampa model. The Tampa model. The Holtzmeyer Holtz- Tampa, Tampa model. The Tampa, the Tampa two step. Yeah. The, ta- the Tampa two. <laughs> step one, classic. open franchise. Step two, fake death, burn name. That's uh, that's what we're looking at here. And that sets everything up perfectly for uh, so, Urban Meyer, Notre Dame head coach, 2021. Great, done. Should we do that? <laughs> we didn't discuss Wazoo. Oh, we kind of did. We said like four words. No, Wazoo was awesome. That game was great. I actually watched that one more um, closely than the Ohio State thing at the time. Because um, you've seen because you've seen that Ohio State game already. Yeah, like when they played Iowa or when they played Clemson. You know, just Ohio State does that shit pretty frequent pretty frequently. Yeah, and, and they'll you know they'll, they'll probably you know bullshit their way excuse me BS their way into the playoff and then play that game against Alabama. Dear God, will they play that game against Alabama? Um, <laughs> so I've seen that before. What I what I haven't seen is Wazoo with the entire world looking down on it. Go up twenty seven zero on Oregon, greatest day in Pullman history, and then oh boy, oh boy, here comes. <laughs> Here comes all that fireball gurgling its way back up. <laughs> Oregon, Olumbra. Justin Herbert is slinging that pill. Ducks got a chance to tie it up, and then boot and rally, buddy. Boot and rally, motherfucker. <laughs> it's okay. Got a little Pedialyte and some pizza. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Act two, buddy. Act two. The Cougs did it, man. The the Cougs and the Boilermakers. Deadliest tag team there is. <laughs> That's it. Remember, like finding finding joy in the sport is about ignoring the painful end, painful and obvious end that's going to happen to all of us when we face Alabama. Just ignore the Reaper. Focus on things like Wazoo and Gardner Minshew, who really does look like Uncle Rico. Like he's got like right down to the headband, right, right down to yeah. I'm gonna let you guys carry me off on your shoulders at the end of the game probably going to sit on your shoulders a little too long you're probably tired of this i'm not 
Gardner Minshew! <laughs> you don't get, listen, man, you don't get through things in life unless, you know, being named Gardner, unless you just go full bore at it. And they did. They, they, they managed to salvage a win where other teams truly would have cooged it. But instead, we installed the essential part of the software, right? Tribute to Paul Allen, Nintendo Washington State. No, no, no. A new piece of code has been written, which is the drunkenness and collapse has always been there. But the boot and rally, the boot and rally is there for Wazoo this year. All right. For how long? Listener, I do not know. Because predicting anything about the outcome of a Washington State game, it, there's a little Heisenberg principle working here. Not really sure we can observe it without affecting the outcome. But for the moment, they they have that. Will they keep it? Probably not. I just, I don't know. They, Is the that why nobody special. watches the Pac-12? <laughs> what? Because if you observe it, you change the outcome? Um, probably, probably that and uh, a terrible TV deal. I think the terrible TV deal probably has a lot more to do with it than anything else. But yeah, that too. The best thing here is that um, Mike Leach, who days prior had called out the Pac-12 for putting a VP of business, whatever, in the booth to make a crucial call against you uh, against Washington State and in USC's favor. Again, the guy was in charge of business, whatever. And if you're in charge of business, USC is good for you. Um, Mike Leach, who made that accusation, is now the Pac-12's last playoff hope. The conference's entire fate is in that madman's hands. This You're welcome. <laughs> this is great. Wazoo's remaining schedule. Could they win all of those games? Certainly. Could they lose any of them? Yeah. Yeah, that could happen. This is Wazoo. I'm not here to tell you what's going to happen, right? Oh, I see no reason why they couldn't. No, I don't see any reason why they couldn't. I also don't see any reason why they couldn't lose them all. Because reason is kind of irrelevant here. This is Washington State football. It could all blow up at any second. And if their biggest win, probably of the Mike Leach era, I think, in this case. Because this is the kind of game where they would have collapsed, and especially against a team like Oregon. But Justin Herbert, who's looked awesome this year. I know he's got two really like just painful losses on the record. Arguably, I don't know how either of them were really his fault when you look at them. But man... They would have lost this game, and they pulled it out. That does not imply any kind of future correlation whatsoever, right? This is a different Wazoo team we're seeing. Don't say that. Don't. Don't say it out loud. <laughs> don't. I said it in air quotes to make it invalid, just because I don't want to interfere with the experiment. Let's see how it runs. Also, don't stand too close to it. There's no telling when it could go off. Yeah, Ryan's not here, but the air quotes, those are still legally binding. Um, I, I, I do want to point out the Pac-12 title game that's currently on course. Things can change quickly. Life's all about celebrating moments. But in this moment, uh, Washington State versus Utah for a Rose Bowl bid. Just let that marinate for a minute. And then know that on the other side, we very well could see in the Big Ten title game, half of that could be, uh, well, I mean, honestly, it's probably going to be some combo, some combo of Iowa, Northwestern, Purdue, you know, if, if Wisconsin were to stumble. So am, am I saying that a Purdue-Wazoo Rose Bowl could happen? A Utah-Iowa Rose Bowl could happen? Yeah, yeah, those are all on the table. Oh, God. Rose Bowl is such a venerable old building. It'd be a shame to watch it burn down like that, or would it? 